This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 34. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is... A Holistic Approach to Natural Vision Improvement, Part 6, Nutrition. And in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be answering a question from a young mother who has a child entering first grade, and that first grader has been prescribed glasses. So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, it's been a a, a sort of synchronistic, I suppose, week in the (laughs) sense that... uh, as people have heard, if they're following the podcast, I was down in a Gerson training, uh, eating a vegetarian diet and being told the evils of uh, uh, animal-based proteins and dairy and all of this stuff. Okay. When I got a call from my mother, who was headed to the hospital with a blood clot. Oh, dear. Yeah. And so that started a couple weeks ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she got out of the hospital... Uh, my sister took care of her the first weekend. And then this last weekend, I went to sort of do my part and uh, get her through this crisis. And it was very interesting because, well, we, we were dealing with all the things that the Gerson fe- folks were telling telling me that was hitting society because of the diet we were eating. Okay. So she has um, the blood clot, which is sort of the cardiovascular disease aspect of our diet Mm -hmm. she has arthritis which is this inflammatory disease again that gerson believes is part of the dietary thing we're doing to ourselves Mm -hmm. she has uh the beginnings of diabetes again another dietary thing and she had a kidney infection so an immune problem as well wow all at once and so when i arrived she was waiting for the uh prescription to arrive on the for the antibiotics for the kidney infection which was really hurting her Mm -hmm. the second day we were dealing with pain from arthritis because she was off her medications for arthritis because they conflicted with her blood thinners for the blood (laughs) clot uh so i just went on like that yeah um and then when she started feeling better um, she was sending me out to get burgers and fries because she wanted to, <laughs> she wanted some comfort food. I'm like, wow, yeah, make her feel better. And, and I'm cleaning out my her refrigerator for her and finding like a bag of frozen blueberries, a few homegrown. She does grow her own vegetables, mm-hmm. just doesn't eat very many of them. But mm-hmm. she a homegrown, a few eggplants. And everything else was animal protein, basically. You know, wow. it was, uh, and you're also saying a lot of cream. She, oh, you're right. Every mm-hmm. every cup of coffee, every cup of tea had to have uh, half and half. Not not milk, but half and half in everything. Wow. And I, it's, it's just so sad that the doctors are prescribing drugs instead of have a looking, looking at the cause of what... Yeah. No mention of diet at all from the wow. doctors at all. And, there, and the other thing that was interesting was the, you know, the rheumatologist prescribed something for the arthritis, the GP was dealing with the blood clot and there was this miscommunication, you know, they didn't communicate with each other. Wow. And then people were coming from the hospital to check her blood every day. 
it's a mess. The whole yeah. the whole medical system, even when it goes well, is, is <laughs> it's just a mess. So. And to think it could all be easily avoided. Exactly through through some sort of dietary change. Wow. So and then as it affected me, here I am because I don't drive and I didn't want to, and I took a bus to my mother's house, mm-hmm. and I'm stuck in a town where you know the the closest organic vegetables are a good good cab ride away or, or somebody's garden next door <laughs> maybe so <laughs> and so i'm stuck eating whatever you know she's got in her refrigerator so i used to, i was texting people that i'm on the sausages and cream diet because <laughs> 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 that's what she had in the refrigerator sausages <laughs> and cream um, well, i have to say she comes from an english parentage yeah, yeah. so it, it sounds familiar to you it i does. assume it does right definitely yeah Co- so a couple of bangers Yep, exactly. And carbs and, and some mash. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I was the other. I could feel, you know, after experiencing Gerson and you, feeling what my body feels like on Gerson, and then being on sausages and cream. <laughs> I could feel. You could feel your heart increase. Yeah. The pounding in your chest yeah. increases. Trying to cope. Ah. It's, it's, it was, and I was craving like vegetables, but here I was stuck. I really couldn't leave because, um, and that's, that's a good point uh, you've made there because it's one of those things where once you see the benefits of something yourself, yeah, instead of just being told it, you're that much more likely to be motivated to continue, you know, the diet, right? Once, Once you know, you actually feel better on fruits and vegetables then it's so much easier to not eat, you know, meat and dairy and, yeah. you know, to go and exercise when you know how much better you feel. It's just the simplest, the simplest thing like breakfast now. I used to, because I've had all these uh, allergies, food allergies through my life, mm-hmm. I, had, I had a steady diet of eggs every morning for, God, 20 years maybe now. Mm-hmm. And now, and they've entered, the Gerson introduced me to the, the oatmeal for breakfast okay. diet. And I, I feel so different on it <laughs> and I can't even face an egg anymore. It's like after, <laughs> it's not because I'm sick of them. It was just, I can feel in my chest yeah. what it would feel like hmm. if I ate those eggs now. It's, it's, it's very different. <laughs> so, and I guess, uh, I mean, I, I felt like that when I did a, ex- exactly the same as you. And I first started doing a strict diet and, um, I felt so much lighter. Yeah. Lighter, um, yeah. And my energy levels were a lot higher, and I wasn't as fatigued in the evenings. Mm-hmm. You know, after normally after a meal in the evenings, that was it. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to get any more work done, or you know, I just needed to lie down on the on the couch. But you know, have a lighter vegetable meal, then mm-hmm. uh, I can go in for a couple more hours. But I think it's another way I can relate to this is eye strain mm-hmm. and being on the computer, right? And you know, I, I'd gone for years just working away on the computer, not a problem. And then when I came to San Francisco and started really spending a lot of time improving my eyesight and, and relaxing my eyes, which is the first thing I had to do. And when I got that relaxation and then I went to use the computer, my eyes were just screaming right. with strain. And the reason why I did the exercises wasn't because I had to. Right. It wasn't a should on your mind. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. oh, well, these guys are saying that I yeah. should, so I will do. Um, or, well, I don't want to just pay for another uh, 
prescription or yeah you know yeah it was because i i needed to i, I had yeah. to do the exercises because of that strain it's a it becomes a kinesthetic thing rather than just a thought thing I think. yeah yeah and it's so much easier yeah um and i guess i suppose it's also similar to the method of um, educating people to quit smoking right. instead of um you know imposing something upon them i guess it's the idea that you educate someone to the point where they have a realization of ah <laughs> actually i shouldn't be doing this yeah um and it's not so much of a battle mm-hmm. anymore well and 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 the positive side of all this i think i forgot to talk about this last time was uh, the gerson and it's so in stark contrast to what i experienced with my mother they were saying basically that people should not have uh, these kinds of diseases until at least their ninth decade, if not over a hundred. That that's what the potential. He was calling it the, uh, the sort of the twenty first century paradigm. Mm-hmm. Is you should be completely free of these degenerative diseases at least till you're ninety five or something yeah, like that. It makes sense. Yeah. Whereas it's the opposite of what the doctors are saying. Yeah. Um, when you reach sixty, oh, when you're forty. Presbyopia when you're 60 yeah. cataracts and you're 70 macular degeneration and probably 55 arthritis heart yeah. heart disease when you're 65 maybe yeah and certainly stroke or you know some yeah so and oh and then he said that basically we have the potential for living to 120 if we really lived the way we could right that and that Really, what we're going through is a, is this epidemic of degenerative diseases that are based on our diet, so mm-hmm. like arthritis. All of these things are, in the Gerson approach, are all diet based degenerative diseases, mm-hmm. and it's about it's a relooking at those diseases, relooking at those diseases as um, accelerated aging. Okay. So aging, the way he described it, was it's like rusting. It's oxidation mm-hmm. and that's degeneration. And all of these diseases are basically accelerations of that. Okay. It's degen. If you think of it as accelerated rusting, mm-hmm. so arthritis, all of these things. Yeah. And you can postpone all of that till your ninth or 10th decade. If you don't feed your body things that are going to rust you essentially. Oh, okay. Speed up, almost speed up the, the degenerative process. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's similar to the, you know, the, the free radicals and exactly. Yeah. And getting rid of those. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's why it's so important to keep the body clean and detoxified and allow it to clean itself out. Right. Instead of pummeling it. I also think, uh, also there that function also plays a part mm-hmm. in all of this. Yes. And, and that if you're not using something, then you lose it. Right. So, you know, our function, we become our function. So, um, you know, we degenerate that way as, as a combination exactly. as well with our, our modern day lifestyle of not needing to know to move <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anymore. Well, anymore and, and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And in my family, I, I was sort of brought up with a psychology, sort of like an intellectual family. You should be mm-hmm. sort of smart, but not really use your body that much. Yeah. It's just certain people are, it's just sort of the way they're raised. And that mm-hmm. was the way I was raised too. I had to sort of rebel in some ways against that so <laughs> an exercise an exercise oh go to the gym oh no <laughs> yeah no i experienced that a lot when i taught in the middle east yeah was, my child will be a doctor right um or you know or a lawyer right and they they didn't want their children doing exercise, exercise. Oh, 
didn't didn't see any point in it. And not just the Middle East. I'm sure a lot of private yeah, schools, yeah. sort of a lot of well-to-do people mm-hmm. uh, might feel that way. But it's just the ultimate irony that you know you're you're more intelligent and you know the more you exercise the more you get more blood more to the brain the more yeah. you sort of yeah. break things up the more you can study it's just yeah. kind of funny that way yeah. so that was my eye-opening week which was not the most pleasant weekend i've ever spent <laughs> <laughs> dealing with but all those good. diseases it's a reinforcement of your week definitely a reinforcement yeah <laughs> yeah and how was your week yeah, good. I've, I've, as you know, I was yawning before this uh, podcast. You so were. It shows that I'm still getting up at five thirty in the morning uh-huh. and um, dedicating a good couple of hours to my exercises every morning uh-huh. and um, sort of getting to grips a lot more with the new exercises that I've been doing. Uh-huh. Getting, uh, getting a bit of a routine going now uh-huh. with the uh, peripheral meditation and and sort of. The discovery work of with the periphery, mm-hmm. and and it's you know connecting with the brain, and it also throws up you know some emotional stuff, and oh, you know yeah. it's it's interesting. It's a real uh, process mm-hmm. of of trying to spend that time with your condition, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, and working with it, and also accepting a lot of stuff. And also rejecting a lot of stuff. It's really, uh, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. But I've noticed, I think uh, Friday last week um, was probably my best vision day yet with the periphery. I, wow! I noticed that I started seeing color in the periphery, which yeah, you're not supposed it. to, right? <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know. Um, they're, they're now saying you can see color in the periphery, which but is sort of connecting. It's, it's sort of changed from um random objects or just movement mm-hmm. to now um i guess more of a physical structure with some color mm-hmm. and um i was i was walking to uh, see one of my friends at um, strictly blue bluegrass which they have here oh, yeah. in san francisco and uh, he rang me up one afternoon and said you do you know do you fancy coming and i said yeah so walking over was when i noticed and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is great. I noticed the improved mm-hmm. uh, periphery. And uh, I walked up to his apartment and he wasn't there. And he said, oh, I'm around the side. So I walked around there and he threw a bike in front of me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Not deliberately, right? <laughs> well, he gave me a bike. And, oh. and he said, uh, he said, right, come on. He's like, oh, my God. My friend's here and we're going we're gonna to bike down because it's at the other end of Golden Gate Park. So I was like, this um, is one of um, your uh, <laughs> goals slash nightmares, right? It is, yeah, yeah. I've not, <laughs> I've not ridden a bike for maybe fifteen years. It was the last wow. time I rode a bike, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? Exactly. I'm gonna say, no, I'm going to walk, and you guys get a, you know, you oh, guys geez. bike. So, uh, and I was having, you know, a good peripheral day. Right, so right, right. Anyway, I thought, let's just let's just jump on the bike. Oh my god! So I did, and we rode down Golden Gate park and was crossing some roads and these guys were used to riding their bikes so they're zipping around people and zipping into the road and out the road stop for a minute do they know you have rp no oh (laughs) so um so anyway it was it was relatively fine i mean i I just i followed them relatively closely uh ironically the speedway that we did oh right was almost training for me and it was in the same setting right um, those of you that, that don't know, uh, we did a podcast a while back on um, on oh. Speedway, which is those those motorized 
it's not Speedway. It's something else like that. Uh, oh, really? We'll remember it if, yeah. before the podcast. I'll come up with it. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where you stand on it and, right. and it moves. Segway. Segway. Segway there we it. go. So, uh, yeah. So ironically, I was sort of used to that yeah. feeling of being in motion. Right. Was moving. So that I was sort of coping with it. I guess the, the things were like crosswalks and... Right. I didn't know whether a car was just going to... Well, you know, you just adopt the San Francisco... Well, it's true of any major city, the bicycle mentality, which is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I own the road, you watch out for me, yeah. and just start driving. <laughs> so, but they closed down a lot of Golden Gate Park because the festival oh, and some of the roads, so I just had free rain and it, oh, okay. it was uh, it was pretty amazing and i i did take a picture of myself on the bike i was that confident i took a picture of myself whilst on the bike um you can't While on the bike <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no wait you were moving i was moving oh yeah, and took God. a picture and say i don't recommend anybody <laughs> doing any of this um so uh anyway it was with just... your new iphone you pulled out your new iphone no no i got that the next day oh okay good that was my uh that was my, ach- my achievement um uh, okay. That's what that was my reward for riding right. the bike for fifteen right. years. So anyway, I, I was almost um, almost peaked too soon. I don't know. I've I've hit my goal before I was meant to. No, that's right. I wasn't meant to do it for another couple of years yet. I was, yeah. So all uh, right, you got to up your goal then. Yeah, so, yeah. Fly a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so it's. I mean, it it was forced upon me. Yeah. So the the challenge now is to do it. Yeah. Consciously, you know, from myself. Right, and actually go out there and, and try and uh, ride a bike and, and wear elbow pads and, and a really hard hat. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it was honest. It was fine. wow, that's uh, impressive. No, no issues whatsoever. Wow. The periphery was was doing pretty good. Like I was being able to see the contrast mm-hmm. going past me, and um, yeah, I did, and I was able to gauge going past people sometimes uh-huh. it was wow. really close like oh. a car on one side and a person on the other side and it oh must have been God. inches between us yeah like, how, how do people do this i don't know i really don't so anyway i, I did that so that was a nice little uh, wow pinnacle for me i see I'll, uh, I'll post the the picture up on facebook that i took wow. of myself um so yeah just just continuing with with what i've been doing with this uh with this peripheral peripheral stuff and juicing hmm. regularly and good and just engaging with the periphery it's it's funny i i kind of feel like it's a bit of a battle now uh, my brain doesn't want to connect with the periphery because it doesn't uh, see the point yeah yeah it doesn't see clearly you know it's, yeah it's, it's just like um, oh it's not clear enough for me if to i do at. see with it it's it's really fuzzy not peripheral fuzzy but retinitis pigmentosa fuzzy. fuzzy you know yeah. you know and it's just why would you the yeah. brain's like why do you want to connect with this this is crazy you yeah yeah you know it's you see poorly with it why do you mm-hmm. want to start using this vision yeah so uh i'm winning <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting there uh, i don't know whether i want to but i'm getting there yeah so uh it's good it's um i'm really right. interested to see what the next few weeks bring yeah so, so you're gonna ride bikes again or are you just gonna I am in the next couple of weeks. All right. um, probably rent one. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> I think the, the the trick is is where can I ride the bike? And right. It's, it's that whole thing about um, the person isn't disabled. The environment, yeah, is disabled. Yeah. It's that right. whole good that whole yeah. thing. So if I my biggest fear all along is because people with perfect vision get hit by. It's cars, true. right? It's on true. bikes. I hate to tell you, but people die on bicycles. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, I always felt if it was somewhere where there 
that there wasn't that yeah, issue, then yeah. I would be fine. Yeah. And I think now that this was forced upon me, you, yeah. I need to now take it a step further. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was talking to uh, Dr. Mir Schneider the other day, and, and those of you that don't know, oh, right. when he started <laughs> developing uh, his vision after being blind, he used to ride his bike with uh, pieces of paper, um, well, first he wrote it when he barely could see anything, and he would run into stuff all the time as a kid. Then, when he did the exercises, he wrote it where he would wear a piece of paper blocking his central vision and only looking at it. It's like the opposite of you, basically. He had no yeah. central vision and only periphery. Yeah. He still does that, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I told him the other day that I dedicated a bike ride to him. The other day. <laughs> he was he was very pleased about that. But I'm not quite ready to uh, to do that. Okay. To wear a piece of paper on the bridge of my nose. No, and, uh, no maybe not. I'm gonna, I don't have health insurance, so it's probably not a good idea. I'm going to wait till Obama gets elected. There you go. <laughs> and then I'll start riding the bike. Oops, we just went political there, Will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, only for the health Oh, no. We cut that out. It's fine. All right. So I think it's about a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is a holistic approach to natural vision improvement, part six, nutrition. So those of you that were able to catch up on our nutrition series, we did about four or five uh, in-depth podcasts on that. If you've not, then you should certainly head back and uh, check those out because we really give some good information on uh, which vitamins and and minerals are are really good for your vision and uh, also ways of getting the the nutrients into your system and and why it's so important Mm -hmm. so uh, i mean first and foremost the reason why nutrition is you know part of the whole holistic you know approach to vision the reason why you wouldn't just focus on the exercises you also need to be aware of nutrition is uh first and foremost it's the building block Mm -hmm. of our bodies Um, right and just you know a good example is just like what you were saying about your mum that she's eating foods that aren't really that nutritious right? and uh, just a lot of meat and dairy and the body is, I guess, is being made of it. Yeah. Um, and it's having an adverse effect. Right, right. Whereas if you're somebody that uh, eats a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables and, I mean, it's amazing when you think about the amount of different uh, vitamins and minerals that the body right. is made up from. Right. And this, yeah. And it goes even further. So now we've got maybe you eating more vegetables, Mm -hmm. but then we go back to the organic thing too. Then the soil that the vegetables grown in has to have those minerals that you're talking about Yeah, uh, to get to the vegetable, to get to your mouth. And then you have to eat some of those vegetables raw in order to get enzymes and things like that that are destroyed by cooking. So Mm -hmm. there are some, even some qualifications on on getting how you get those minerals and, yeah. and vitamins and the, the the jury is still out a little bit on the the, the cooking um, it is yeah front i guess i've become a gerson, a gerson <laughs> yeah, cultist now yeah you need to uh, be aware that uh, a general population here yeah um but i mean certainly and it's really not difficult to, i mean you can just juice for yeah. example yeah um and and some people find that maybe steaming is a, is a better step down than, than boiling right, right. um and also some people feel that by steaming, you opening uh, the pores or something, it's easier to digest. Right, right. So, so there, there is... Um... Yeah, I'm not actually advocating being a raw foodist, <laughs> but um, having a certain percentage of your diet 
salads and things, just simple raw foods yeah. that we're used to eating. Yeah. So it is, unfortunately, it is actually quite a big step away from the current paradigm mm-hmm. of nutrition. I really wish it was just, it was simple. I mean, it, when you, it is common sense, really, when you, when you think about it. And it's only really been the last years, you know, have my eyes really been opened up to the whole things like poor soil, mm-hmm. um, things like, ingesting pesticides which is putting the body under you know strain and and uh, hazards so if the body is you know being produced you want to make sure that you've got the best vitamin and and minerals and health substances in order for the body to function at its best yeah and for vision what better example than you know having plenty of vitamin a right which is uh what the retina is you know a lot of it is is used there in order for the phototransduction which is the transformation of light into electricity to the eyes Mm -hmm. um i guess it's like i don't know for some reason i just thought of like a a car analogy of of the paint of the car um you want to make sure that it's a nice waterproof and it's the best quality kind of paint that you can put Mm -hmm. on your car otherwise it's going to start rusting underneath or Mm -hmm. it's going to start fading real quick this sort of it's if you think of the retina as that as that front mm-hmm. that front man, so to speak, and you want to make sure that that is functioning at its best, so that when it receives a signal, everything else is right. so much better for it. And I mean, just the fact that um, you know that you can get certain conditions from not getting enough vitamin A right. just goes to show how important it is. And there are plenty of studies out there now on how vitamin A is essential for our eyes. And also uh, lutein. And lutein, which is, I think they have less data on how exactly lutein would be processed. Mm -hmm. But they now admit that it's it's probably essential to the macula in particular because that's where the the lutein is, Mm -hmm. is in the macula. And the zeaxanthin. Zeaxanthin, yeah. So we're lucky because um, the Western medicine can, can make money from, from vitamins and minerals so yes yeah. they'll tell us which ones are important at least and so, then we'll go and juice for them instead yeah. of buying the pills so so they are um doing research into this which they is are. great because they, they want to sell pills yeah because yeah, they can't make money from my exercises unfortunately no. um so they uh so yeah so i get some of you that feel that you're not getting a rich uh, diet then certainly you know things like supplementation is going to be beneficial right for you but really just think of it if if anything even though organic food is expensive and um, it can be difficult sometimes you don't have the time to prepare nice healthy meals you know that old saying of you are what you eat mm-hmm. and we all hate it because it was drilled into us and then at the same time they drilled into us a poor diet so we went into this uh, nutrition much more in those podcasts but i guess to summarize we would say you want to get a lot of beta carotene and uh, lutein in your diet mm-hmm. for to maintain good vision, and yeah. those are basically carrots or colorful uh, fruits and vegetables and greens, dark mm-hmm. greens. The lutein is in the dark greens, beta carotene's in the in the yellow of the carrots. Yeah. So, and I think they call kale the king. King, yeah. K- kale king is kale, king. Yeah, yeah. So kale's <laughs> very good. Kale, Swiss chard. Uh, collard greens and spinach are very high in, in lutein. And you can see how, how um, well, unfortunately, this is very different to how we're sort of raised and, and at the moment how we believe, you know, about healthy vision. There's still this thing about that there's a myth 
that carrots are good for your eyes. Yeah. You know, only the other day I saw that on the internet that somebody was saying how it was made up for the to make probably the carrot industry. There is such <laughs> yeah. thing as the carrot. Yeah. I guess yeah. there is a carrot industry. There. <laughs> um, so, but you can see that if you eat in this way and you've got these good healthy building blocks for your whole body yeah. that your eyes they're just going to be that much more healthier and you're going to be able to maintain good healthy vision and for a longer period of time yeah so um that's maintaining your vision so there's a, a point where this nutrition can also improve your vision can mm-hmm. actually lead to and i guess i saw that uh, in with the gerson diet my vision actually improving yeah so um you had a, a client who also saw improvement, right, in, in his vision? Yeah, he came because he had um, floaters right, and uh, fuzzy vision. And um, he came and we went through the exercises for the floaters and, and talking about relaxation of the eyes. And he mentioned how he had stopped drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. coffee, and how he stopped eating fast food. Mm-hmm. And I asked him why, and he said it was because he noticed that his vision actually got worse. Mm-hmm. and that he only realized after he did a cleanse and after that cleanse he noticed how clear his vision was wow and then when he went back to his old diet because you don't know right and right. go back that he noticed uh, a larger occurrence of floaters and fuzzier vision mm-hmm. and he just accepted it you know and, and he was just just the same as what we said about when you realize things like this yeah it's so much easier to stop yeah. Or to keep continuing doing something that's good for you when you well, see for yourself. Right. Yes. See, <laughs> literally see for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so maintaining and improving your vision by having these, these healthy building blocks. Um, and I, I guess we just hope that it's, it's common sense, really. It really is common sense. And, yeah. uh, unfortunately, we only know what we're told, really, until you experience it yourself. And there is a big push in this direction now yeah. for people to to understand the basics of this and to think that you know our ancestors had it down you know only 150 years ago this was just common knowledge you know of course eating a healthy diet is good for your eyes and good for for your body why wouldn't it be yeah yeah so i guess uh, the other thing as well that nutrition is going to be good for is actually helping with specific visual conditions right Uh, and also how having poor nutrition can indeed create conditions. So an example, like I said before, is that if you don't get enough vitamin A, then it can actually create night blindness, right? which is actually quite a serious condition in third world countries. Right. And that's maybe the main condition they've studied in terms of nutrition. They're not tend to be oriented towards researching this kind of thing. Yeah. But that one they have narrowed down to. And obviously, of course, diabetic retinopathy. Right. Um, If you're someone that's got, you know, type 2 diabetes and you don't necessarily have a healthy diet and you know that you've got diabetes because of it then obviously you can change your diet and you can prevent you know the capillaries in the eye bleeding into the vitreous humor and creating you know blindness and poor vision yeah now that you mentioned my mother who did have came down with mild uh, diabetes once she got it under control with diet she did mention that her vision got better so Hmm. she could actually see the effect on our vision just from controlling the, wow. the diabetes. So, And if you think about it, you know, even if we're not necessarily mentioning some of your conditions, just think, you know, where is it? You know, say it's your retina. We know that a healthy retina needs uh, vitamin A, lutein, zeaxanthin. Mm-hmm. You know, this can all be found in a, 
in a physics, not in a physics book, in a physiology book. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't um, secret information. Mm -hmm. We can find this and then you know that that is important to try and help keep your retina healthy. Right. And then combining it with the exercises to use the nutrients and and to get the brain engaged and all the Mm -hmm. rest of it. Then you can start moving in the right direction and start seeing improvements. But just like Richard said, just by doing diet alone, a lot of people notice a big right, right. difference. Yeah. And also, I mean, let's just think about it with our mood. A lot of people shy away from the exercises. You know, maybe they feel down. Maybe they don't have the energy. They're mm-hmm. tired in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got yourself a good diet um, that's going to, you know, bring more energy back to you, then you're going to have that that reserve there for the exercises and you just feel a lot better to push you forward to want to do the exercises that much more. Yeah. No, I actually, that was one of the things I was noticing recently, how my mood would change just from diet. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a kind of off mood, it's ironic that when we get in these off moods, we then want comfort foods, which are the foods that make us even more off mm-hmm. in some ways. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rather it's than, almost counterintuitive. It is. It? Yeah. Yeah. But again, I guess it, it must be, it's got to be society. Yeah. It's, there must be some sort of a, um, you know, in the movies, if you see somebody's upset, they eat a it's pot true, of it's ice true. cream. Ice cream and popcorn or something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so but we really hope that it's it's becoming more and more obvious now how important uh, good nutrition mm-hmm. is to your vision improvement. And more importantly, you know, if you're making this change now for your eyes, well, just think how much you're going to save yourself in the future for actual health Right. Conditions. Right. You know, obesity is rising. Diabetes is rising. Mm-hmm. All these health related conditions are going up. Uh, unfortunately, the doctors aren't necessarily doing anything yeah. about it. We're not trying to educate um, people about this stuff. Yeah. Um, which is what we should be doing instead of trying to invent, invent pills that can be sold and, you know, make billions of dollars. Right. Well, and, and they, everything's basically blamed on genetics now. And, but, and then here's a way of looking at it, though. I mean, to, let's admit that there are genetics factors mm-hmm. involved. Uh-huh. And just let's say that everyone has a tendencies towards some form of degenerative disease genetically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, if, but maybe you can prevent that, that from happening by, by building up your body, yeah. get, making it stronger through nutrition and, and exercise. So that you don't have to fall down that slope, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to to manifest that genetic tendency. Mm-hmm. If so, let's give them some, some credit that they're figuring out the genetics. <laughs> but let's also take the responsibility of saying, "I don't have to go that way. I yeah. can I can be different." Okay, great. Well, that's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week comes from. Uh, a YouTube viewer who has asked us to advise about uh, her young child uh, entering first grade and has been prescribed very, very weak myopic glasses, mm-hmm. a minus 0.5. So what, uh, what's first grade in America? How old is that? Uh, six. Six years old. Yeah. Okay. Just because I think it's different in the <laughs> Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so a six-year-old uh, girl prescribed, it's a minus point. Uh, Five, yeah, which is it's really very, very small, yeah. So, but and I, I think what her fear was is the reason why she wanted she didn't want her child to wear glasses because she she's followed the information on the website mm-hmm. and uh, she knows that there's a good chance that the vision is just going to continue to deteriorate when mm-hmm. you start wearing glasses. She tried doing some of the distance looking, 
Um, but the main thing that the doctor said is that her vision isn't going to develop properly if right. she didn't wear those glasses. Right. Um, it sounded um, in the email that we got that there was some confusion there because she could see in the distance. She could, right. She could maybe read uh, the numbers on a door across the street. But when it came to sitting and doing the eye chart, she struggled with it. So right. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Because there could be pressure there uh-huh. to go. I mean, in our in our uh, system, we believe that strain and stress degrades your ability to see well. Mm-hmm. So you take it to a doctor's office uh, or actually in a classroom, let's say, too. If yeah. you're under stress there, your vision could drop. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you need glasses when, you know, you're out doing something else. You don't need glasses. Yeah. So. And the fact that at that age, the eye is just so flexible. Right. Right. It doesn't. Uh, those of you that don't know, you know, myopia is a condition where the ball, where the eyeball elongates. So right. it means that when the light enters, it falls short of the, the fovea, which is the detailed part at the back of the retina or the back of the eye. And it means that images aren't seen clearly. Mm-hmm. So when you put the glasses on, it means that the image could be pushed further back. So it lands on the back of the detailed part of the eye. Mm-hmm. So we can see clearer. Now the eye tends to become a lot firmer around 21 right so that's why we ask people um, when they say they've got myopia did they wear glasses as a child or right. in their early or you know middle adulthood yeah it's important because if it's early then it meant that it it's the type where the eye is elongated, elongated. yeah and if it's as an adult it's more that the the ciliary muscles have stiffened so it's not flexing doing the job that it needs to bend the light to hit that detail part of the eye. Right. So as a child, you're you're at the perfect age to do the exercises yeah. before it becomes more solidified and a bit more yeah. difficult to overcome. Right. So doing a lot of distance looking, um, mm-hmm. which again is what we did anyway as, yeah. as children, right? Oh, we we never goodness. used to sit indoors all this time. We used right. to be out in the field playing. And there was a recent um, article that came out on the BBC website. And it was a study that showed that now at nearly 90% of the Asian population or mm-hmm. school leavers are wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. Now before, or you ask your, your eye doctor, it's genetics. Right. But what they're saying is that the genetics doesn't explain that 20 years ago, right. it was 20%. Right, unless the Asian uh, population is evolving towards myopia very, 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 very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So in two decades, you know, it's gone all the way up to 90%. Yeah, there's no explanation in, in a genetic reason for that. So so what they're looking towards, and which is something that we always say, is that it comes from this extra pressure now in the East mm-hmm. for um, academics, mm-hmm. for literacy, always sitting and reading and studying from a very young age. And what that does is that causes working from near all the time, being indoors, causes the eyeball to elongate due to the strain that it's under. Oh, yeah, another good example is my um, my accountant who grew up on a farm in uh, in the Dakotas. I think it was South Dakota. Okay. And all of his, no one in his family wore glasses ever. Mm-hmm. And they are all farmers, basically. But he went, he would spend his afternoons 
going to the library and reading the Hardy Boys mysteries. <laughs> and lo and behold, he's the only one in the family that ended up with glasses, <laughs> being nearsighted. Yeah. And so there's the genetics. He, the genetics said he should have had no glasses. Oh, and, but the point. Hardy Boys did it to him. So. Although I wonder if his grandfather or grandmother might have worn glasses at some point, or maybe a, a, a long-lost auntie wore glasses, which meant the genetics passed down to him. So. Oh, you could, you would think of that. <laughs> I think all the all his relatives were. Well, that's within... what they say, right? You yeah, know, yeah. Just got We've got to find somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this lady because she said that she was told it was genetics. Um, her husband doesn't wear glasses. Right. She has maybe. 0.5 nearsighted mm-hmm. and 1.0 farsighted. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how can this be genetics? She sort of laughed and said, well, she must have got half of one of my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> which is the only way she should have got it. Um, but it's kind of sad, really, because now she's been wearing these glasses all right. the time, right. um, you know, for far work and near work. Right. So it means that the eyes are now continuously under that strain. And of course, it means the condition's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, she's going to probably end up at maybe a minus five. Right. And anything over that is considered high myopia and can start getting dangerous. Right. And and there's almost once you kind of go down that path and, and if you want your child to be academically achieving... It's it's almost a self fulfilling yeah. uh, prophecy at that point. So, and it's really difficult because you know we're not saying people shouldn't study. You know, we yeah. both went to university. We both encourage people study all the time on on their condition, and mm-hmm. you know this is very important. But the trick now is is as a society, I guess, we need to accept responsibility that our new lifestyle is affecting our vision. Mm-hmm. It is detrimental, and that we're not saying just stop it. We're saying let's start integrating ways Mm -hmm. to prevent strain Mm -hmm. not just stop reading altogether but take palming breaks take peripheral vision breaks Mm -hmm. go do some distance looking Uh, also this study said that um, a lack of sunlight right finding that could be connected i've not heard that before and i i don't know any more studies in that but we certainly do a lot on the sunning exercise and the benefits that the sun gives us and of course medicine is turning us away from the sun right yeah you know, you're going to get skin cancer and, right and in fact more people die from conditions of not getting enough sun than they do skin cancer mm-hmm. so but it's just you know this continual right fear that's being pushed on us so yeah. and, and obviously you need to be sensible with this all this stuff and and still yeah. wear sun cream and don't be out in extreme sunlights and and whatnot but we're just saying that um that with this kind of thing and it's very difficult with parents because you want to make the right decisions all the time oh yeah and you just you can only really go on on what you're told so you know you've got your your uh ophthalmologist or your optician sitting there saying well you should definitely wear glasses because your child's vision isn't going to develop and then right you got these two guys in san francisco <laughs> saying well actually that's what's causing the problem in the first place and it it's it's very difficult but I guess the thing is, is, is just to try and play with it, I guess, and yeah, and see where you, you know, where you lie and maybe do some research yourself. Well, at least get your children out and playing. I mean, that no one can deny that being outside and that's what this BBC thing, basically what their study was saying is the children who spent more time outdoors, their vision was better mm-hmm. and they don't really know what, what specifics about being outdoors yeah. is helping that mm-hmm. so don't worry about why just just point. have yeah. them outside more yeah. um, 
And it, I mean, and again, it just makes sense if you think about it. It's only really been in the last 100 years, 150 years that literacy has been that, uh, be enforced so much on us. Well, and then things like, you know, we used to go inside as like my accountant did and read books on occasion, mm-hmm. but now you're, they're outside with their Walkmans and they're, you know, like, yeah, well, that's not true. Walkmans, what are those things called? Game Boys, there we go. Okay, yeah. I'm not very electronically oriented <laughs> and I'm very behind the times. Yeah, I think it's a Nintendo DS now. I okay, think. I'm it's really behind the Game times. Boy. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm sure you could find one on eBay for, for a bit of money. Yeah. All right, great. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. And indeed, if you didn't get a chance to check out this whole series, then head back on iTunes or YouTube or indeed on our website and have a look at some of the other podcasts that we've done on understanding holistic approach to self-healing and envision improvement. So if you'd like a little bit more information on this, then you can head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com and you'll see a lot more podcasts there along with some video blogs that both Richard and I do. And you will also be able to get your hands on a free ebook where we talk about some real fundamentals of vision improvement and again how modern day society is indeed affecting our eyesight and how we can avoid a lot of the conditions that a lot of us are experiencing. And you can also head over to our Facebook fan page where we're going to post some pictures over there. I'll stick a picture up of me riding the bike. Although it does just look like my head and some uh, background, I wasn't. Uh, I was still, you know, slightly petrified. <laughs> you uh, should have been. <laughs> anyway, and of course, we're not recommend that everybody goes out and starts riding their bike, especially our RP people, please, <laughs> with vision conditions. Yeah, and that you, you know, don't don't try this at home. I guess they right. they say I'm probably being overly concerned anyway. <laughs> and you can also follow both Richard and I on uh, Twitter. Just uh, look us up there on Twitter, and also on on Facebook. Just look for Envision Self Healing and you'll find our fan page and also Richard and I have personal pages if you want to contact us through those if you're watching this on YouTube you can subscribe and it means that you will get one of these episodes uh, every week and also on iTunes you can also subscribe and get one of them there so good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing and have a good week